This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 350 with Katie Goodman. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 350. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Katie Goodman is an award-winning musical comedian, author, speaker, and life coach. She is a nationally touring keynote speaker on the topic of using the tools of improv comedy in everyday life. Her musical comedy show, Broad Comedy, runs off-Broadway and tours across the country. She has been seen on Showtime, on Current TV, and on True TV. Her comedy videos, having amassed 3 million views, can be viewed online. She received a Time Out New York's critic pick for Best Cabaret and is signed with Comedy Dynamics, North America's largest independent record label. Her album, Halfway Closer to Dead, is available on iTunes. As a keynote speaker, workshop leader, and trainer, Katie has taught over 10,000 people the art of improvisational comedy. She writes for O Magazine and is the author of Improvisation for the Spirit, Living a More Creative, Spontaneous, and Courageous Life Using the Tools of Improv Comedy. And you'll definitely want to check out her podcast, The Improvised Life with Katie Goodman. Listen in to hear Katie share how you're already using improvisation in your life and how to use it more to your advantage, why learning improvisation is a valuable life skill, how to practice getting lost and living in unpredictability, especially if you're a control freak, how to live more authentically by refusing to compete, how to use improv to change your parenting game, 
and the magic of creating space in moments where you feel like you have no control. With all that said, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Katie Goodman. Katie Goodman, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Sarah. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be fun. So I have to tell everyone, you were introduced to me through Ophira Eisenberg, who we joke, she's like my favorite friend that I ever met in a hot tub in Mexico. And (laughs) everyone needs to have their friend that they met in a hot tub in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing I've never done with Ophira. We've done everything. (laughs) You should definitely do that. (laughs) She is really good at hot tubs in Mexico. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to ask her. (laughs) She was great. We actually, (laughs) my husband and I were on a trip and we met her and her husband in the hot tub on like our second or third (laughs) night. And then we ended up like, as couples like stalking each other the rest of the trip. <laughs> that but, all like, sounds so much more interesting than I, it probably was. I mean, in terms and, of the couples in a hot tub well, part. <laughs> right. But we were like trying to, like we wanted to all be vacation friends, but we were trying to be like super low key. <laughs> and then later when we talked about it, we were like, oh no, like we all totally wanted to hang out, but we didn't want to be weird. About it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've loved following her journey and just following her over the years since then. But when she introduced us, I was like, oh my my gosh, I mean, a friend of Ophira's, this is going to be good. Oh, yes, <laughs> so I no felt pressure. the same way. I trust her on everyone. <laughs> so this will be a lot of fun. I'm excited. So before we dive into, we're going to talk about improv and how improv is a life skill, which I'm super excited about talking about. I want you to share a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Well, the thing I'm most excited about right now is, so, you know, I teach how to use the tools of improv comedy in everyday life. And I do it with non-actors, both like for women in a holistic context, you know, it's kind of a life changing, (laughs) magical, fun weekend of connecting and laughing and then applying all these tools to our lives outside of the workshop. And then I also do corporate workshops as well. And right now we are full in what we've been creating for the last year, which is my new school. So it's called The Improvised Life. And I even this morning woke up at five in the morning with ideas. So it's one of those like crazy creative periods where, you know, your husband's like, God, would you please just go back to sleep? Uh, I'm like, I have an idea. But it's what we're doing is my workshop I've been doing for 20 years. And now I'm certifying people to lead my workshop. And I just wanted it to get out there more. It's interesting. You know, I am a mom and I just turned 50. And so it kind of congratulations. Yes, thank you. It shifts a lot. You know, my son's going off to college in two years. Let's hope. (laughs) And So I'm starting to think about how to kind of reach out to the world a little bit more without having to be on airplanes all the time Mm. and how to get, it's not like, this sounds so funny. It's not like I'm trying to come up with my legacy. Like that's super (laughs) pretentious sounding, but I think what I want is to sort of have this next phase be like, how can I get out there more, what I've been doing my whole life and help other people make a living at creating creative workshops, either mine or their own. Oh, I love this. I'm so into it. It's so so cool. So I have a follow-up question, but it's kind of in two pieces. So do you think that your awareness around this and like the waking up eager to think it through and plan things, do you think that has to do with turning 50 or having your child be older and feeling more independence around that or both? Yeah. 
Definitely the allowing yourself to wake up early and knowing you're not going to die because you have a two-year-old and right. you are going to be exhausted. Like that is a whole new realm. And to all the moms listening, I promise it comes. Yeah. There's this period where they're self-sufficient. So yes, like there's this allowing I can create that space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's what you're asking. Yeah. And then the 50 thing Gosh, it's so complicated and weird and interesting. Like it just hits you on so many different levels because it's this weird number. Mm. And, you know, also as an actor and a comedian and a performer, like that's, you know, not a great number for work. <laughs> Especially for female. I mean, this is like a thing. This is a noted for thing for like women yeah. on stages. 50 yeah. is can be problematic. <laughs> uh, right. Sadly, it's, unfortunately, it's, like it shouldn't be that way, but it's noted it's to be that exactly. way. And keeping it, you know, clean. The Julia... Dreyfus and Amy Schumer piece about the, let's call it undateable age, right? Yes, yes, um, yes. That is. <laughs> but the good thing is for me, to be honest, I have been an entrepreneur and self-employed and creating my own work since I was, you know, 25 or something. So mm-hmm. I haven't actually had to audition for other people. So it's not really affecting me the way it's probably affecting some other women and, you know, And also when you become a mom, like there's all these phases, these stages where things shift. Identity shifts. But it is still out there in the culture of like what you can and can't do after Mm -hmm. 50. And the great thing about it, and I did write a song about this. When I was 47, I wrote a song called Halfway Closer to Dead. (laughs) And it's on YouTube. You can find it. And it's really about- I will find it and put it in the show notes. (laughs) Okay. It's about turning this age and suddenly being like- yeah, this is actually awesome. Like, I don't have to worry about so many things anymore. Like, I know who I am. I'm my authentic self. I don't have to try to be something I'm not. And also, there's a little bit of letting go career-wise. Like, I'm kind of here already. It's probably not going to be hugely different. And I love that. Like, you can stop Mm. trying so hard. I felt that even with 40. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I think it's in in stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it is in stages. Yeah. So I'm 43. I had to think for a second. (laughs) But yeah, like with 40, I wasn't like, oh, man. (laughs) I was like, bring it on. Like, let's do this. So yeah, um, I really keep feeling that. I mean, there's, you know, there's obvious things like, you know, my knees (laughs) or something like that. It's not (laughs) as much fun. But the rest of it, like mentally and emotionally. It's yeah, really yeah. great. <laughs> I love it. So tell us what is improv and why is it such a valuable life skill? I'm like completely <laughs> fat. And I mean, we should talk. So your book is called Improvisation for the Spirit. And the book is framed around like the skills used in improv, which when you talk about improv, a lot of people are going to be like, that sounds terrifying. Right, but right, it talks right, about the value of these skills. And it was actually really eye-opening for me as I read through this. I was like, oh my gosh, like every woman needs to be doing improv because... <laughs> of all the value it'll bring to your life. So I'm going to let you take it from there. Right. right. Well, we're improvising our life every day anyway, whether totally. we want to or not. Especially you know? and in motherhood. Exactly. And there's so much change. So you might as well learn how to use it and like it and be good at it. And, you know, I mean, we get on stage every night and we have no script. We don't know what the other person's going to say. We don't know where the scene's going. And you have to just give up the goal completely. And so... While you don't want to give up all your goals in all your life, you know, you're still coming up with ideas. Nothing ever ends up exactly what you're picturing, especially parenting, my God. So I 
started to notice, I also got certified as a yoga teacher like 20 years ago. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of improv and I started noticing how all the values and the ideas and the skills were the same. So in terms of not necessarily like yogic philosophy, right? So all the giving up the goal, anti-perfectionism, you know, gag your inner critic, be flexible and spontaneous, all those things, how to be authentic. I think they all lead towards being authentic. And then the trick is though, and Sarah, you know this, I mean, the trick is that you have to keep catching up with yourself as you're changing. Otherwise, you're just going to be sort of part of you has moved on, but you're still thinking you're the old you and that just won't work. You won't be authentic and you won't be taking creative risks. You won't be growing. So you have to kind of in order to give up where you were before, you have to get lost. So in an improv game, you're certainly lost all the time, right? Like you know what's happening and you keep trying to come up with ideas and some of them work and your partner works with you on some of them and the scene goes forward or it doesn't and you veer off into a different direction. And so the idea of getting lost and allowing yourself to be lost, like in a playful, fun way, mm-hmm. allows you to kind of get to the next iteration of yourself. Now, if you don't allow yourself to be lost, you won't get there. You know, this story, we all know this where like somebody gets divorced and then the next relationship two months later is exactly the same person. And you're like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> You didn't let yourself have any time to kind of change and, you know, think about. Right. And that's kind of what we're trying to avoid by using these tools. So allowing yourself to be lost, figure out who your new self is, you know, shed the skin like a snake, and then you become (laughs) the real authentic you. And the problem is, Sarah, that like, I think a lot of us think like, okay, so I'm going to get to a certain point. It's like, and now I've got it. I'm the authentic (laughs) me. Here it is. And I'm going to hold on to it viciously, Mm -hmm. which of course doesn't work either because we just keep changing. So it's like the good news and the bad news. Right. And if we just embrace change and really learn to kind of thrive on the chaos a little bit. And I guess people sort of, one of the things is I don't want to be a Pollyanna where it's like, I love change. It's so good. You know, because sometimes it's not, you know, illness or terrible things happen But the trick is knowing that you can handle anything. Right. And that's what these tools are for. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, And they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners 
listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. I think a lot of it with being more authentic is that you have this higher and higher level of awareness around your impact on the world and all sorts of different things, your worldview, essentially. And so with that comes like a greater sense of responsibility. So you're never going to feel like you've arrived because <laughs> you just right. keep learning more and you're like, great, now I have to be more responsible for all of these things and I like know. have an I opinion mean... and show up conscientiously. And so it's kind of like going to the gym and like you feel like your workouts never get easier because you just keep getting stronger and having to add more weight. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's such a great metaphor. Oh God, that's so depressing. I know, right? I know, but that's the yeah. thing. It's like I owned a gym for many years and people would come and they'd be like, when does it get easier? I'm like, well... I don't want to ruin this for you, but like it doesn't get easier, but you get stronger and you have more trust in your skills. And I think that totally applies to so many things. You have more trust in your skills and you have more trust in your ability to push through hard things. And so that shifts your identity in terms of how you can either show up in the gym or authentically in your life. Right. And it gets easier emotionally. Absolutely. And you get what you want or are hoping for more easily. And it's like, in whenever I give a speech, I have this picture of this little girl in a superhero stance. And I always say, you know, you don't gain confidence just by doing power poses. You gain confidence by doing things. And so you have an experience, you fail or succeed, but eventually you succeed and you come out of it knowing that you were in that position before where you didn't feel like you could accomplish something and you did. Mm -hmm. And then you go, oh yeah. I mean, that's just what you were just describing. Like, oh yeah, I did. I lifted that weight. I went for that job interview. I, you know, married that person. I had that baby. And so, you know, you can do things and you have much more confidence in yourself because of that. And then it becomes easier. So you're not in just like a panic every time. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I actually was just interviewing someone this morning, Andrea Owen, she was talking about getting sober and she said, I was asking her like, what was like the transformation on the other side of that? And she said that it was all about courage and confidence. Like, because Mm -hmm. when you're facing something that seems really hard and overwhelming, that you have so much self doubt. And then when you get through it, you're like, 
I'm completely freaking invincible. Like bring it on like anything, bring it, you know, give it to me. Cause I just did the hardest thing I could have possibly done. (laughs) And I think that happens. And I mean, that's how I felt after my kid turned one. I was like, Oh my God, like I've done a lifetime Mm -hmm. of work in the last year. (laughs) And I think it's also like a recommitment practice. You know, my husband, I practice Buddhism a bit Mm -hmm. and in kind of, you know, a New York way. And um, Which means, you know, I meditate every fifth day. But it basically, <laughs> one of my teachers used to say that a commitment practice is a recommitment practice. There's no such mm-hmm. thing as just committing and doing it Ooh, right. I like that. And I don't know very much about recovery, but I imagine there's some of that in there as well. But certainly for any, you know, New Year's resolutions, like where you would know about the gym particularly, but, you know, we fail and the deal isn't to go like, oh, forget it you know, yeah. I'm done, I'm out, which is, I think we want to do that sometimes because then you don't have to try, right? Right. <laughs> right? The idea of a commitment practice is actually literally just a recommitment practice over and over and over recommitting. And that's hard. But if you know that it's that versus doing it perfectly, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to go, oh, okay, well, I screwed up a little bit, but I'm just going to try again. Totally, totally. How does improvisation help us particularly in parenting? And what are some of the ways that we navigate mm-hmm. through parenting using improv? Maybe probably unknowingly, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, nothing's expected, right? right? Like, none of it. I mean, not getting married or whatever. You're finding a partner or a sperm bank <laughs> getting right. pregnant being pregnant, giving birth, having a baby, having a kid. I mean, there's like six stages and they all have unexpected things in them. And I don't know anyone who's ever had to go, this is exactly what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think part of it's kind of everything we're talking about, like you going into it. I think the thing that we do a disservice (laughs) is telling people to, we have all these choices we have to make. I'm kind of just thinking about this as I'm saying it, right? The second. So you know how there's ferberizing and there's sears, right? Attachment or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one thing I always thought was so funny about that was I think the reason that we're all so attached and we proselytize whichever version we picked is because it was so hard that if it wasn't the right way or if it wasn't worth it, then we're like so angry, right? Like if I had to stay, get up every night and walk my baby around because I did attachment or if I had to listen to my baby cry because I did other whatever fervor, then either of those were so difficult (laughs) that if it didn't matter which you picked, you'd be really, really angry, right? So I think one of the reasons we have such strong opinions about parenting is because we put so much work into it. But anyway, that was just sort of a thought that came to me. But I think when you don't know how it's going to go, you want all this control over it because that is scary if it's mm-hmm. a little human, right? And it's your person. I mean, it's terrifying thinking something is going to go wrong. Right. So we're really attached to wanting to make it work right. But that works against us. So something happens like your child turns out to be something you didn't expect them to be or your child or even your whole family ends up in a place you didn't expect, or, you know, somebody loses a job and it can be positive or negative things. But the stress is just so much higher. And if you go into it, what I was going to say was the disservice we're doing is telling people they have to figure it out, right? Right. (laughs) And that there's a right way to do things. And you're going to (laughs) know, you're just going to know. And I I just feel like, oh, can we just say we're not going to know anything? Yes, please. And let's try to be spontaneous and flexible and 
know that we'll have some strength in the moment and we might not make the right. In fact, we're definitely not going to make the right decisions sometimes and that that's okay. I feel like that's a much better tool to have these improvisational exercises in your bag than like nine books that tell you how to do it. Definitely. Definitely. Even though I read them all. (laughs) (laughs) But now that I'm on this side and also teen years, I mean, teen years are really something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Like how have you used improv in parenting a teen? Oh my gosh, every day. I mean, it's funny because my teenager is actually an improviser as well. Oh, really? <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. He's in theater and yeah. And he, I mean, he's trying to figure out something every day. I mean, one of the things I think is so funny with teenagers is they get so set on having an answer to something and you're like, oh God, okay, we're going down this road. And then, you know, something they like or don't like. (laughs) And then five minutes later, that changes completely. And you're like, oh my God, I just reoriented my whole year. (laughs) Okay, so we're not doing traveling soccer or whatever, you know. So that's tricky. And I will be honest, parenting is the hardest place for me to improvise. And I am Mm. not very good at stepping back. My husband's much better. And he'll like tap me on the shoulder, like, just hang on, you know, he's very calm. He's he's a good Buddhist, (laughs) but he has, I mean, we both get activated and attached and I think the attachment thing, and I mean that in terms of attaching, like in improv, it's, you can't be attached to the goal of where the scene's going to end up. And in parenting, being attached to this image of, and then I'm going to have grandchildren and then my life, you know, this is all going to happen this way. Yeah, you have no idea, man. And if you think you do, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. Totally, totally. You've mentioned control a couple of times. And I think (laughs) that I think we should dive into that. I think that people like I'm a control freak, I will admit it. And I think that parenting, if you have a tendency to like to control things, parenting really brings that out in you. Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so, I mean, you just gave a great example of like your kid being like, yeah, let's sign up for the traveling soccer team. And then you rearrange your whole entire year. And then like the next day they're like, actually, no, I'm going to do drama. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how can people like me, control freaks like me, how can we reject our need for predictability and embrace spontaneity? Which like, oh, good. I'm me, glad you didn't say like, I'm how cringing can we control right now because embracing spontaneity <laughs> sounds horrible. <laughs> Okay. Well, what's horrible is trying to control things that you can't control. True. And I'll then give you that. I will give you that. You're just miserable like all right. the time, right? So <laughs> embracing, and again, I don't want to be like a Pollyanna, like it's all great, right? Yeah. But it's, I don't know, embracing is a very positive word, but it's like, I mean, and if something terrible happens, your kid is very sick and it's unexpected, something like that. The first step is being present. Can I just walk you through like the eight tools of improv comedy, I think it'll just be a little bit clearer. So the first step is being present, which is, okay, this is happening now and it's not what I expected. So let's just be present and see what is actually happening now. Mm. Right. So you have to do that on stage. You know, you come into a scene and you think you're the doctor and the other person refers to you as the patient. Well, you have to absolutely suddenly be the patient, right? You can't try to make something happen. That's not happening. And that's when we get to skill number two, which is called the yes and principle. A lot of people will know that they've done any improv. And yes and, you don't literally have to say yes and, but the idea is like, if I said to you, Sarah, hey, look at that pink elephant. And you were like, what pink elephant? That's negation. And then what happens to the scene? Yeah, it all falls apart. Like it all falls apart. Like nothing (laughs) can happen, right? So if you say to me, Katie, look at that pink elephant. I'm like, yes, and it's 
standing on my mother-in-law, then there's somewhere to go. Like I've Mm -hmm. acknowledged your information that you're giving me and then I've added to it. So I'm not just like, yep, because then that doesn't go anywhere either. Right. Right. So I have to add something. And that's what you're doing throughout improv, the whole scene long, right? You're yes anding each other the whole time. You can also say, I mean, you can literally say the word no, like the cop comes in and you're the robber. Did you steal that? No, sir, I didn't. And you're adding drama and it's not literally saying yes, but it's the idea that you're accepting the information. I'm the robber. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did steal something, right? So with parenting, you're being present to what's actually happening. And instead of denying it (laughs) completely and sticking your head in the sand, you're like, okay, so now what do we do now that we're here in this situation? Now I, uh, sorry, I don't want to stay on something super depressing, like our kids being sick or something, but let's take something really light. (laughs) So so soccer. (laughs) Um, Now we are not doing that. And let's see what else we're going to be doing for the year, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that. I've just changed all my plans. And then the third skill is being flexible. So shifting, right? Yeah. So you yes and something you weren't expecting. So that's the obvious one. Everyone thinks of when they think of improv that and being spontaneous. We give up the goal. And so the goal, say, before was to have this perfect schedule. (laughs) The fifth skill is spontaneity and thinking on your feet. So now I'm trying to get really creative. So now my son wants to become a painter and (laughs) I have find, you know, a new teacher or, you know, we clear out half of his room to have a canvas on it or something like that. (laughs) He's obsessed with that. Then the sixth skill is, this one's kind of interesting. I call this gag your inner critic. This is a little bit of a longer one. So one of the things is you can have an inner critic come up and talk to you about, it says negative things to you all the time that keep you from doing what you want to be doing. So for example, If you're like, I want to write my novel or I want to quit this job or whatever. And then your inner critic says, you can't do that because you won't succeed. It's usually not very specific. It's usually just an obnoxious voice. And it says, it doesn't really give you a good reason. Right. (laughs) Because it's something we kind of picked up in either childhood or their culture or women don't do that or whatever. Right. And so then you... I have a whole long process and actually I would love to give your listeners the worksheet that I have, which is on our website. And it's the Gag Your Inner Critic Workshop. And so we sort of turn it from being a critic to a coach where it's actually saying very neutral stuff like, you know, let's say you are feeling like you're being a terrible parent. You don't know what you're doing. So um, it's like all it says is you don't know what you're doing, right? It's not helpful. So instead, you try to figure out like, let's just break this down, right? So, okay, I definitely don't know how to find a good daycare. I've never done it before. Or I definitely, you know, don't know how to deal with somebody up all night with the croup. (laughs) You know, then how do we get actually better at these things? How do I become a more patient parent? How do I, you know, then you break it down into tasks. So it's this idea that you actually do have a benevolent inner coach. It just sort of became a critic because it wasn't very good at its job and it thought it was protecting you from doing things that would make you embarrassed or a failure or whatever. So you're like, this is not helpful. How can I have a coach? And so that's a really important step on the path to kind of being more creative and living more improvisationally. And it's a little hard to do that like in 10 minutes right now, but that makes a ton of sense though. Yeah. And these all kind of lead to the last two, the last, the seventh one we already talked about, which is the art of getting lost. So You're like, okay, we don't know what's next. 
that thing didn't work, you know, so let's sit here in the present and sort of be flexible and creative and think about like, and ways I love talking about ways of getting lost, like as a practice. So you practice mm-hmm. getting lost in your regular daily life. Which is, so this that, is fascinating for and terrifying for a control freak. Right, so right, I'm, right. I'm loving this piece. Okay. <laughs> so but the thing is, Sarah, you got to practice being lost in really fun, easy ways first so that that muscle, mental muscle gets strong. So it's not like, I'm going to practice being lost by like quitting my job and moving cities and getting divorced. You know what I mean? Like Mm. let's, that's too much. So you practice it in things like I'm going into a bookstore and I'm going to go to a shelf that I never go to. So like I always go to science fiction or I always go to self-help or parenting. I'm going to go to the male bodybuilding section. You know, (laughs) like I don't know why it's just calling to me and you allow yourself to kind of follow your I don't know what you want to call it, your gut or just creativity or whatever. Mm -hmm. So even you can do it on a menu at a restaurant. Like, you know, I always go out for Thai. Let's go somewhere else. And this is kind of intriguing me, you know, what's bubble tea or whatever. And um, can I give you an example that I'm thinking of? So I have a good friend who I've known for years and we always laugh about running. We both have been runners for many years. And when I go running, it's like, I mean, if someone wanted to murder me, like it would be so easy because my, it's like, I go the exact same time, the exact same days a week on the exact same path for like years and years and years. Right. And my friend, she's like, don't you get bored? I'm like, no, like I would never, she's like, oh, I love to like explore new neighborhoods and go down streets. I've never been down before. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. I want to know exactly where I'm going, exactly how long the route takes. Like, Just make it real easy for anyone who wants to abduct me. And we have this totally opposite perspective on it. And so when you, I was just thinking when you were using the example of getting lost in a bookstore, I'm like, that doesn't sound fun, but I see the value in it for sure. Um, And I think in different areas of our lives, like I look at being an entrepreneur, like I get lost a lot and that, you know, like having to figure things out and embracing new, exciting things. So I'm thinking maybe there's, is that fun when you do that? Um, that It's just fun because I've done it with some degree of success Right. multiple exactly times. So yeah. So now, so I've proven that like, it will be okay no matter what. Right. So then that gives me confidence and courage. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and 
I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. But and the, the running makes, thing, though, I'm yeah. still not open to running down unfamiliar streets. Like there might be hills. It could get like gravelly. I don't like trails. I just want like that's my so funny because that's such a s- easy place for you to try something new. Right. Like it's, right. there really aren't a lot of huge repercussions on that one. <laughs> Whereas entrepreneurial stuff like there's a lot of big repercussions if you mess up. I mean, I might lose all my money, but I'm not going to turn down 79th Street. (laughs) That is so funny. But I love that you're so self-aware of it. I mean, I wonder if you could brainstorm on where in your life, besides entrepreneurial stuff, where you could practice it, where it's like, it doesn't have to be, let's see, I do like newness and change. So that is fun for me. But I wonder if there's a place... Like for some people, it would be absolutely horrifying going up and talking to somebody new at a party. And for someone else, that would be really fun and exciting. Mine is around like, I'm thinking about like dinner too. I'm like, oh, like, don't make me try a new recipe. (laughs) I do do not want to get lost in a new recipe. Yeah, I know. I know. And so that's a really interesting point. So some are fun, some are not fun. And it Mm -hmm. totally, everybody's different on what's going to be fun or not fun. I think what the trick is, is... If you're changing and growing, (laughs) your new authentic self is sort of waiting for you. It's not necessarily in a new running trail Mm -hmm. or a new book, but those are ways to practice in a very pretty benign way so that you have that experience of not like what you just described of not being comfortable and then being comfortable. So you already know that you can do that entrepreneurially, but it would be, I'm going to challenge you (laughs) to do the running thing somewhere else, because I think it would be really interesting psychologically just to see the resistance right? and to kind of laugh and play with it and be like, okay, I went one block different. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and then to also kind of reflect and go like, what was the experience that I was having? Yeah. And then how can, okay, so my guess is, you know, the experience will be discomfort and- um, There might be a hill. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, or exhaustion, like being tired and cranky or, and you might even get mad at somebody yeah. like me for making you do that. Right. And, Stupid Katie, um, <laughs> hate her. Like, how do we do that in bigger places? So like, you know, when the kid- flips around on us and they become we weren't expecting or something's needed like okay this is just like the run yeah you know it's me and I think part of it's taking responsibility it's not the world like the world is just doing its thing but our resistance is what's making us unhappy yeah so this is interesting bringing it back to parenting because I'm thinking about with watching how I navigated especially in between the ages of like one and four if my child would have like a meltdown as we're about to walk out the door. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, we're going to be late. And I'm like panicking. And I remember watching other friends navigate that and then being able to like really disconnect from the whole thing and be like, well, we're going to be late. And that just happens sometimes. And I'm like sweating and on the verge of tears because for the same reason, because control freak. And now I've gotten like way better at being nimble and parenting. But it's interesting because I had friends who were just like by nature that way. And I would watch them in awe, like, how do you do? I remember one of my friends 
her son hurt someone. We were all together with a group of moms and kids all around the age of three. Her son hurt one of the other kids. And she was like, well, I told him if he hit someone again, like we have to leave. And I'm like, so then they were going to leave because he hit someone. And I was like, oh my God, like you're actually leaving. But like, we haven't had dinner yet. She's like, no, like I have to follow through. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was That's like, but I feel so bad for you. She's like, it's fine. Like if that had been me, I would have probably followed through on the consequence, but I probably would have been like crying and like, it would have been like a huge thing. And right, she, was, right, right. she was like, Oh, it's fine. Like I'll just take him home and put him to bed and like order some pizza and have some wine. Like she was yeah. totally cool with like the whole switch of everything. And I was like, I'm so not like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So it is really interesting to see how it carries over into parenting. And I will say I've gotten better. And and I also think like if you know you're a control freak, you try to anticipate parenting situations more. So right. like, okay, I'm anticipating that at three o'clock today I might have to be a little more nimble than I'm used or a yeah. little more agile than yeah, I'm yeah. used to. You know, it is interesting because I think resistance, right? The word yeah. resistance yeah. is that is what keep and I said that a second ago is what's keeping us from being yeah. happier confident or anything really. And so, but I mean, and the trick isn't to either control or have total chaos. Like that's not what I'm talking about either. It's like, how do you let go of resistance when you're in the middle of it? And I I think what I love about what I've gotten to do work-wise is with my workshops and speaking to, but workshops are so much more interactive is you have people playing these games and in the middle of it, their resistance comes up Mm -hmm. and you can see it. I mean, I can see it more easily because I've done this for so long, but I'll stop and you know, the whole thing will fall apart a little bit and I'll be like, what was going on in your head? And then, it's always, oh God, yeah, I was like thinking they had something funnier. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know which direction of the many directions to go in. And I just got all up in my head about it. And then I thought, and so then we get to go, okay, so now we know that's what's happening. So how can we now try this game again or something else? And how can you have an experience where you're letting go the whole time or you're just staying present and you're getting out of your head and you're getting out of your head you're getting into the flow and then they have this experience in the workshop and they're like oh my god I yes that was so much better like that's so much better that's how I want to live and then how do we take that back into our more difficult life meaning more difficult because it matters more than playing a game right Mm -hmm. right yeah and I yeah so I love seeing people have those moments where they're like oh my god right (laughs) right and okay, being so number like, number seven was lost. Yeah. Is that right? Okay, I was get lost. And number eight, which they all lead to, is be authentic. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's really great in any creative thing, and particularly in improv, it's not competitive. You can't compete because everyone has different material, right? Like your life is completely different from anybody else's experience. So when you come into a scene and you're talking about you bring a a cat in (laughs) and that other person doesn't have a cat and you're bringing your own story about, you know, the cat running away and you're playing a little girl looking for their cat. Well, that's because it's some experience you've had, whereas somebody else could not have thought of that exact thing at that exact moment. So it's really nice. It takes you out of being competitive with anybody else and you can just be authentic and know that your authentic self is valuable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love the idea of living more authentically by refusing to compete with other people. (laughs) I think that this is like at the crux of women's unhealthy relationship with social media. And I think a lot of our quote 
authenticity on social media is mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just trying to look like so-and-so who posted this picture on the beach with their two kids and they look so happy. So like, <laughs> can I find a good picture of us on a beach with two kids? I mean, and- it's funny. I'm a life coach. So I know from having worked with people so intimately for so many years, like I do a lot of coaching one-on-one too. And I know that no matter what it looks like, I, you know, we're privy to mm-hmm. what's going on in people's lives and nobody's life is not, you know, a mess at some point right. and nobody's life looks like what it looks like on the outside. So I'm completely unthreatened by social media. <laughs> I just go on there and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every pic- pretty picture you see, you're like, and I know that there's something real messy behind that. <laughs> And I would say that too, like the more I coach and the more I get in, the longer I'm in work exclusively with moms, the more I see that as well. (laughs) And that's okay. I mean, that's the thing, like, why are we putting that perfect stuff up there? Right. That's such a waste of time. (laughs) Right. And I think, you know, I wrote this one, so I'm a comedian too, and I have a show called Broad Comedy. And if you look it up, it's not safe for work, just telling you. Um, (laughs) And it's all women in it. And it's mostly women's issues and stuff. And I wrote this piece when my son was six months old. And I was staying with a girlfriend for the first time since he'd been born. I was out of town for one night. You know, I'd like pumped like crazy and ran (laughs) to go hang out with her. (laughs) I'd like one day. And I woke up at like six in the morning and I just wrote this monologue. And I never write something start to finish without revising it. But it was about a new mom. And it was, I mean, all the jokes in it were just like, in some ways, just terrifying about how this mom had had it. Mm. She didn't want any part of this. And, you know, but it's funny. And I remember thinking as we're about to go on stage and I was like, oh my God, this audience is going to eat us alive. You know, I actually had written it for one of my other actresses to do. So I, she goes out on stage and I'm going someone's going to call social services on me. (laughs) You know, this is like, this is too honest about just going, I, you know, just want to quit. And the audience died. I mean, they were laughing both from relief Mm -hmm. and comedy. And I remember going, oh my God, this is the most authentic thing I've ever done. And everyone's so relieved that somebody else is saying it. And then I was like, this is why we do this material, you know? Yeah. And it was so communal, this communal experience. It was things, and this is like 15 years ago. So it was, people were not being that honest. Right. Right. And, and I have people seen were really shift. faking it back then. Yeah. No, it's true. And I have seen a shift, which is yeah. really great. I have seen women talking about everything. I mean, just even mm-hmm. postpartum depression, but even yeah. just all facets of it being much more honest about it, which I think is wonderful. And I hope people put more of that on social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What are some tips for those of us who don't like the unknown, who are working on embracing spontaneity and running down unfamiliar streets? What are some tips (laughs) for thriving in the unknown? So I think we've covered a lot of things. I'm trying to think. You mean like a hack, like a life hack? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is there a hack? Like, is there something where you can catch yourself in a moment? And I mean, and some of the things you've talked to already have given some suggestions around that already. But when you find yourself in that moment, like where you are feeling like I don't have any control and I want to cry and I'm frustrated with everything. The universe does not have my back right now. Um, right. Right. Is that's there... when you just got to, that's when giving up the attachment to okay. the way yes. you think it's going to go. Yeah. So how do you do that? That's a great question. Like literally how does one do that? Right. So you stop. <laughs> I think that's the trick. Mm-hmm. How do you get that space? I think yeah. as parents, it's really hard because you're in the middle of it. The kid's screaming. And like you said, you're at dinner. <laughs> right. And you're like, God, I just want you to act properly. <laughs> I mean, I think the space, that's actually a really great 
response is space and how do you create space? Because I actually did this just recently um, and I hadn't done it since my son was like two. So we used to have times where we would be driving somewhere in the car and he would get mad about something and he would be screaming so loud. I literally couldn't drive safely because he uh-huh. had the most like ear piercing right. screech. So I would just pull over, pull over and pretend I was not attached to the outcome, even though I was furious. And I would be like, I'm going to stand outside the car. And when you're done screaming, I will get back in. And this, I mean, that's it yeah. was awful. And I was so angry. I remember calling my mom once like, I'm standing outside the car and he won't stop. Right. Right. But what, to... That's such a metaphor oh, though, right? Was, How do you pull yeah. over the car? Like metaphorically, right. Anywhere, anytime. But and, I did it again um, recently yeah. and he's six and a half. And oh my gosh, I was like, literally, like I wasn't having to say like, detached from the situation, blah, blah. I literally just did it naturally. And I was like, I'm just going to stand here as long as it takes. Like, yeah. it's fine. I'm going to be outside the door. Just let me know when you're done. He was like losing <laughs> his mind. That's so great. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to make that comparison of that evolution. And I appreciate your point around space because yeah. I think even though sometimes it feels fake maybe, or like it doesn't feel like it's that helpful. I think practicing taking that space mm-hmm. has an impact over the long run. Yeah. And also just giving yourself places like for, I mean, the bathroom is yeah. perfect. It's the only place they can't come with you. Although of course, all of us have taken our baby into the bathroom <laughs> with us, but things like that, like, is there a literal space? Is yeah. there an emotional space? And then being able to say, hang on a second, literally mm-hmm. the words, hang on a second. Yeah. And to adults, you know, to partners, yeah, like, just give me a second. And I, I think like everybody, especially if you're like, just give me a second, everybody knows to like get to give you a second. Right. But if there's a way that we can do it where it's thoughtful and there's a breath involved. <laughs> I like that. I've recently been telling women, I've been talking about phrases of freedom and like women, especially who say yes to too many things. Yeah. And so I've been saying like to create space instead of giving an automatic yes to things you don't want to do. Right. And then you're going to try to like back your way out of in two weeks right. instead right. to say like, can I get back to you can tomorrow? I get back to you? Just oh, to create no. a little bit of space before yeah. you make a commitment that you really don't want to do that you're either going to end up canceling or being resentful about right. And I think just that pull over the car. Yeah, I think, and I think what you just said is the same thing. Like, I just need a minute is the same kind of thing. Like yeah. in a heated moment, like I just need a yeah. minute so that you're not just continuing to like up the ante or fall into old patterns or repeat, right. you know, do things that you know aren't leading you toward living as yes, authentically yeah. as you want to. And a little less deep, I have one life hack yeah. that I wish I oh. knew, which I came up with, and I, <laughs> it's going to sound terrible with babies screaming, babies and kids. Yeah. What I don't know why is we don't all have little earplugs, not totally to block out everything, but just to take the edge off. I was like, what? This was brilliant when I figured this out. I had like my headphones in listening to something. I was like, wow, that just cut that in half. Yeah. Now I can handle it instead of because you're biologically designed to respond to screaming. And I was like, and you don't respond well. (laughs) Right. Earplugs. That is that's my brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Because you're gonna still hear plenty with the earplugs in. Right. It's not like you're gonna. No. Right, right, right. And, but yeah. it'll make you less, <laughs> much less in reaction. front of you. Just like surreptitiously right. sneak them in and be like, "Yes, honey, right. let's talk." Let's calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, so good. Okay, I want to know in what ways you are a shameless mom. <laughs> so tell me more what that means. It's so funny because people ask me this a lot. They're like, well, what do you want me to say for that? And I want you to say whatever comes up. So if you're like, I like to go to the spa instead of put my kid to bed or, or or if you want to take it in the direction that like, I'm living my most authentic life and modeling that to my child or my child goes to (laughs) feminist marches or I mean like what anything, there's no rules. That's so cool. 
Yeah. Shameless. I definitely take time for myself. There's no question, you know, that if mommy ain't happy and nobody happy, but you know what we realized the other day, actually, cause something came, we're moving and I wanted my son to really like our new apartment. It was really mm-hmm. funny. And I was upset when he maybe didn't like one of the apartments we looked at. And I was like, Oh shoot. And my mom was like, you know, the expression when mommy ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. It's also the other way around. If everybody ain't happy, mama ain't happy. (laughs) So true. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. So, but it's so indulgence, like indulging Mm. sometimes your child, indulging sometimes yourself, not all the time, but I think indulgence is really important because if you never indulge yourself, you're going to be the most bitter (laughs) parent Mm -hmm. ever. (laughs) I love that. No one's ever said indulgence. I love it. That's so great. (laughs) This has been so fun, Katie, and really insightful and interesting. I feel like I've made some really great great. connections. I might go... I might go running down a new street tomorrow. Oh, good. That's okay. (laughs) You have to text me. So tell people where they can connect with you and find your work and your, all your stuff. I think just the easiest place and easiest thing to remember is katiegoodman.com and it's K-A-T-I-E and goodman.com. And when you go there, it's going to give you two options. It's me in a cat suit on top of a piano, which is to take you to my comedy or it's me looking very professional and like I'm giving a speech and that takes you to all the self-help and like my retreats and my book and if people want to get certified in teaching their own retreat I teach people how to teach retreats so that's yeah and the podcast is I have a podcast which is over there as well what's the name of your podcast it is called the improvised life that's right I need that (laughs) Um, (laughs) let me put that in here as well improvised life Awesome. This has been so Kate. So Kate. This has been so great. This has been so great, Katie. I really appreciate you being here. And I really appreciate your perspective on these things. I know that um, this helped lighten the load for some mamas today. So thank you. Thank you. It's so good to know you. I'm excited to uh, have connected. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings. 
who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.